0: Are you struggling to believe that there is a purpose for your life, that after all you've been through, seen or done, that there is a chance you'll ever find peace and wholeness again? Welcome to Love and Beloved. This podcast explores what matters to us the most, overcoming adversity, success stories on relationships with God, ourselves and others. Now here is your host, Lena Sibula. Welcome to second episode of Love and Beloved called miraculous my journey from hell to heaven just like my book by the way if you like to read my story check my show notes where you can get link to my website or to amazon link to get my book my aim is to encourage and give you hope by sharing my story i want to show you that your past is not your prison i lived in Israel almost two years. And it was very important what brothel you've been bought into. Some girls disappear, some were dying, some were beaten, some were on drugs. I actually ended up in a family-owned place. I was clean, I was fed, and I even had bodyguards make sure nothing would happen to me. There I met One very interesting bodyguard. He was openly sharing the gospel, telling the girls about Jesus. I never heard anyone to speak like this in my life about God. I was very curious. Nobody ever stopped him. So he was continue with his stories just to pass the time. And I was drawn to him because he was different. He was, I don't know, shining with joy. His eyes always sparkle. And it doesn't matter if he was um, coming in the morning or dealing with the problems or with the girls. It always was the same expression. And I thought it was really weird. You cannot be that happy all the time. You're definitely smoking something. But um, more and more I knew about his story. I realized, wow this gentleman just have joy. He told me about God and Jesus and brought the kids Bible so I can read it. I never really read the book, but I looked through colorful pictures and I was really interested. Then something really bad happened back home. We believe like in superstitions with dreams, we can figure out what our dreams actually means. And in that dream, I was back home but it was different all the uh, carpets are gone furniture are gone and we didn't even have a wallpaper on the walls which is was very strange they were just gray and the mirrors were covered with the black cloth we do that only when somebody passed away so because we believe that the um, demons can torment the family because they kind of have a passage right now through the mirrors And then I saw shining light underneath the kitchen door. So I opened the door and I saw all the women in my family was cooking this soup that we prepare for the funeral to feed people. I woke up being so scared because I realized that something really bad happened to my grandfather. I thought he was dead. I call home and as usually my grandma, all sweet and kind, was asking me about the weather, and I was so upset and just asked her, "What's happening with my grandpa and she right away said, "Who told you? Because she didn't lie to me on purpose, but she would hold information because she said, "You are alone there and we're all together, so you take care of yourself. Of course she didn't know where I am and what I'm doing, because that's the information I would hold from her because I didn't want to break her heart. So my grandpa had a heart attack and he was in coma. And the doctors said to her, everything in God's hands right now. And it's very interesting how back home we'll 80 years though, we don't believe in anything. And then when something like that happened, everything, it's up to God, you need a miracle. Because they know that the people are so limited. I was heartbroken because I knew if my grandpa passed away, my grandma gonna be right after him because she's um, part of him. They've been one. And it's very interesting because in all my family, they were one last marriage, 52 years long. And it wasn't glorious and perfect all the time, but they loved each other and they were committed. So after 50 years, there was no solid marriage in my family. Everybody was divorced, so come and and go, la. So it was very interesting how they live together and love together. And after everything they went through, they still stay together. That I always admire and maybe a little bit envy. But on the other hand, I was very young and I thought, how could you live with one man for 52 years? And my grandma said, one day you will fall in love and the days become months and the months become years. I was so afraid for my grandpa's life. My heart was broken. I kept thinking about this word in my head, called I couldn't figure out what is that. But then I realized it was the story about that Western wall that people come in to pray to and cry out to God and ask Him to help them. You cannot ask for Ferrari or money or anything, but if you have faith, you can get an answer from God. I was calling to taxis and buses and everyone, and nobody wanted to take me because Jerusalem, it was quite far away, and it was... um, the highway that we have to go through just being blocked by terrorists or um, the tourist bus just being bombed. So it was an easy road, but I was willing to pay, but nobody wanted to risk their life for me. Then my friend called me, my bodyguard, and said, you know what? I feel like God put it on my heart to take you to Jerusalem. I was crying because I was so astonished. That this is really happening. It was a miracle in itself. When he came to pick me up, he actually came with his little daughter, which is, was crazy in my mind. People don't wanna go risking their lives. And now he's like brought his own daughter, but he said, God will protect us. So we went. There is another story how we got there and you can read it in my book. But I remember standing in front of this wall it was such an amazing experience. I never saw so many people in one place. Male and female have to be separated. And then I realize, who am I to come and ask for my grandfather's life? I am alcoholic, drug addict, now prostitute. Who am I to ask this omnipotent, holy God for help? But still in my heart, I was asking him to help my grandparents, not because of me, but for them. And I have the amazing experience because coming to that wall with all those negative thoughts about myself, got anxiety, and it was so hot. And people around me were praying and crying. That's why that's why they call Vailing Wall because it was different languages, different... Um, clothes of women, they look so different, but they all were united in this almost chant, and they were moving back and forward. And it almost was like valency of people who prayed to God, asking Him to interfere in their life. I put my hands on this wall and it was amazing because the stone was really, really cold. And I thought to myself, why would it be cold? It's so hot outside. It just cannot possibly be cold like that. I do believe it's two feet off the ground. It's actually a regional stone that been there in Jesus' time, which is very interesting because it is a holy place. It felt like holy place. And I got so much peace. I didn't know what to say. I didn't know how to pray. But then words start pouring from me like a fountain and I was crying and crying and praying. When I came home and I called my grandmother, she said they have amazing news. My grandfather was conscious. But not only he was conscious, he actually recovered. And with going forward, he had ten years after that heart attack without any consequences after being in coma which is really miraculous in itself but for me it was a great testimony you know like i always believe you have to be good to talk to god you have to be church going to talk to god you have to be doing all this religious stuff to talk to god and i was so impressed that he heard me and he helped me i wanted to go home i pay off all my debts already and I have an opportunity to go home. One of other bodyguard who become almost like brother to me told me that they gonna search me at the airport and confiscate all my belongings. That's why I should leave everything that I can accumulate over the years with him. And guess what? I made money. I bought fancy clothes, I bought jewelry, diamonds and gold, and I saved some money back home i was sending that to my aunt so i trusted him i packed the bags and i left it at his house he never gave me my belongings and when i came back home my aunt stole and spent money so now again i was back i was broke i was betrayed i was so Angry. While I was away, heroin swallowed my city. So all of my friends somehow been involved in this well-oiled machine. Of course, I turned to familiar and I became right hand of number one drug dealer in the city. With that came influence, money, and unlimited amount of drugs. And I felt, finally, this is what's gonna give me peace because I have now everything that I wanted. And for a while it was okay. But then again, I felt if I continue this way, I'm gonna die. And that self-preservation kicked in, and that something in my heart and in my mind kept saying that I was made for more. So I decided to quit cold turkey. I left my city and live with some of my friends who quit drugs and became a Christian. They helped me to quit drugs, and I was surprised that I survived again. Then they helped me to get a job. The job was in the market, and it was cold, and I was hungry, and it was long hours, and sometimes the owner didn't pay me, so I couldn't be there anymore. I just couldn't be in my city, in my country anymore. After living in Israel, I just couldn't stand this. So I turned to familiar. I actually find the people who was involved with trafficking and sold myself. I want to go back to Israel. I did. But after 9-11, the borders were closed and um, they offered me to come to Canada. And I said, I will go anywhere. So I was brought to Canada. Difference is, I actually have some documents and they allowed me to go to ESL classes. So I would learn the language to communicate with people here i realized that i actually have an opportunity to start new life so i left i called my friend who i met at school he told me he can help me i assume that he helped me to get money to pay for first and last month's rent he said no, nope, but i can help you make a plan because you are homeless you gotta live in the shelter until we figure out next step. In my mind, the shelter was like dirty, stinky place, because that's what I assume like, because back home, if you're homeless, you live, like, I don't know, in the basement, you dirty, stinky, nobody help you. But here, shelter was clean, and they helped me to get some clothes and food. I was so overwhelmed that they actually look after strangers this way and they give me even like bus tokens and I was able to go to the library, get some books, read some books, learn English and continue to figure out what I wanna do. One thing I knew that I want a different life. So my friend, he helped me to learn how to do laundry. He helped me to have proper etiquette, the table manners, the way I spoke, and he took care of me. We were a very strange pair. He was um, older Chinese gentleman. I was a young, crushing girl. And everybody was asking me if he, my father, but I always laughed that he is my grandmother because almost like she followed me here in Canada to tell me, sit straight, stay straight, speak quieter, don't spend your money, do not party. You should study. You should be better. So that was his approach to my, in general, attitude. And it's so funny because we are so opposite. I say parties. He said study. I said stay up late. He said wake up early. But for some reason, we've been glued together. And over the years, he's been the closest than my family ever been to me. So one day he asked, what do you want to do? And I actually was watching fashion show and I was so fascinated how people did their hair. I didn't have any money, but I said I wanna be a hairstylist. And he said, we'll see what I can do. And he actually found for me a government credit school and I decided to apply. Receptionist though, asked me what level English I am. And I told her around four and she said, Well, you shouldn't waste your time because you're not gonna pass. Your English level is way too low. I was so angry. Inside, I was saying to her, Lady, who do you think you are talking to? And I said to her, can I please have application? And it was somewhere around um, springtime and September was the test. So all summer, I was working at Canada Wonderland. And I got that job because I thought it's going to be so much fun. So I can take all the rides. I can have all the fun because all my life I feel like my childhood been stolen. So working in a Canada wonderland would give me some time back. I was wrong. It was no fun. And I hate it. But it was far away and I was able to borrow some books from the library and small tiny dictionary that my friend got it for me. Yeah, it was before Google. Long before cell phones, iPods and all that jazz. It was just my pocket dictionary and library books. And I was reading and trying to figure out this English. In three months I actually upgrade to novels and I was so excited. And then I decide to do the test when when I did the test from 100 people who was writing the test, from 100 people, only few people were accepted and I was one of those people. My average marks for that um, year was high 90s. Then I found Taekwondo and fell in love with that sport. So I started achieving my belts. Uh, I've been part of the competitions and my life started to change i realized to be a normal person is not that boring anyway i was thinking that it's going to be two episodes but i think we're going to stop right here and the next one going to be love story that I'm to take all episode to tell you about. And it was part two of the series called Miraculous, my journey from hell to heaven. You can listen the beginning and episode number one, or you can purchase my book called Miraculous. All the information in show notes, you can get it through website. Or you can email it to me at linasibula at gmail.com. And next episode, you're gonna hear love story that transformed my life and created this beautiful reality that I'm part of right now. Thank you so much for listening. I really appreciate you. And remember, you are loved. You're never alone. You're God's treasure, precious and priceless to Him. Thank you for listening to Love and Beloved. If you have any questions about what you heard today, visit lovedandbeloved.com. It's love in the letter B with no E, loved.com. Please be sure to subscribe, rate, and share the show. This podcast is made possible by listeners like you. Thank you for your support. If you'd like to connect, we would love to hear from you. So send a quick note to linasabula at gmail.com. Stay healthy, stay safe, love and be loved.